Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. Today's episode is called Slow Down. We're going to be talking about maybe examining our lives to see if there isn't something we can tweak just a little bit to do just that. Slow down a little bit, find time to smell the roses, do things a little differently, maybe get more rest. Um, I don't know, that sounds pretty nice to me. Uh, And we're going to explore some reasons why that might be a good idea. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. three reasons. I have quotes for each of these. Number one, we want to slow down perhaps because too often we are left in the dark about what is really going on. Harold Bell Wright wrote, here and there among men, there are those who pause in the hurried rush to listen to the call of life that is more real. He who sees and hears too much is cursed for a dreamer, a fanatic, or a fool by the mad mob who, having eyes, see not, ears and hear not, and refuse to understand. Think of Nazi Germany. Think of how many people were just going about their day-to-day business, not paying attention to the subtle changes that were occurring. Um, Again, if you have ever read the book, The Hiding Place by Corrie ten Boom, um, her family was very much aware. They were noticing these changes that others maybe chose not to notice or simply didn't notice or didn't um, take the time to think about, consider, to figure out. Um, I backed out of an organization, I've talked about this a couple of times, because I saw things that were not lining up with my Christian values. And I guarantee you that 90% of the people in that organization who are participating in activities there um, would be absolutely blown away if they believed those things were going on. The fact is, they're just too busy to notice, to take the time to think about it, and to really examine what's going on and why. Um, What about even knowing what our children are doing? And I think we miss so much about what our kids are thinking, what they're doing, what's going on around them, if we're not being present with them, if we're not taking the time to actually see what's going on in their life or hang out with their friends a little bit and see what their thought process is and, um, you know, what's going on, what's spinning inside their minds. And I think too often we're in too big of a rush to notice what's going on. And if that's the case, we can find ourselves in the dark on things that we really don't want to be left in the dark on. 
for instance, the things that are going on in our country, the things that are going on around us, the things that are going on in our church. Um, and having said that, I, you know, I know I have some good friends who will laugh out loud when they hear me say that because I notoriously refuse to watch the news. I used to be an avid news watcher. When I was having my babies, I would um, be on maternity leave and I would watch the morning news, the, the noon news and the evening news. And I, you know, totally got caught up in all of it and came to realize that that wasn't necessarily healthy for me. I think that there's um, a validity to knowing what's going on and I get my news on the internet. I can Google um, world news today or what's going on around the country, and I can get the headlines, and I can stay up to date that way without watching the news and being sucked into that. And I've also found that <laughs> I, I, I went to journalism school for six weeks at Northwestern University. And, you know, we were taught the whole, just report the facts. And, um, you know, I found that so often anymore, that's not what's happening. There's a spin and there's commentary and, and, and the news anchors are telling you, you know, their thoughts on it, which I don't necessarily need or want. So, um, so that's just my little (laughs) caveat that, yeah, I don't watch the news, but I still do try to pay attention to what's going on. And, um, and I pay attention when I need to pay attention. Okay. Number two reason to slow down. So you don't push God out of your life. Theodore Roosevelt said this, I enter a most earnest plea that in our hurried and rather bustling life of today, we do not lose the hold that our forefathers had on the Bible. And I'm just going to um, put a big exclamation point on that with Jesus' words from Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23. He said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This is a very stern um, warning because these are quote-unquote Christians. These are people who were calling on Jesus' name, but who did not know the will of his Father in heaven. So they did not take the time to read the Bible. They did not take the time to make their relationship with God a priority. And because of that, they didn't know what God's will is. See, as we read the Bible, we see what God loves and we see what God hates. And he makes it pretty clear because all throughout scripture, he's talking about these things. In fact, I usually like to highlight or put a star or somehow, you know, um, make sure that I note anytime that God says, I hate this or I love or um, I appreciate or it's of great worth. Those are the things I want to take note of. I want to know what's important to God and I search the scriptures to do so. If you're not searching the scriptures, and if you're not putting time into your relationship with God, there's no way you can know God's will. Because if you're living in the world and just accepting what the world is telling you, it's going to be a very, very different thing than God's will. It's going to be the way of the world, which is mostly Satan's way, 
or the way of your sinful nature. So, um, you know, that's a, a pretty, pretty stern warning for us that we need to slow down and take time for our relationship with God because we don't want our faith to erode so much that we lose our eternity in heaven. Number three reason why we should really stop and slow down is so that we don't miss the good stuff. Robert Brault said, I regret, I regret less the road not taken than my all-fired hurry along the road I took. Mary sat at Jesus' feet, and because she sat at Jesus' feet, she perhaps understood what most people didn't. She poured that perfume on Jesus' feet as an act of worship right before he went to the cross. And this was at a time when his disciples were still thinking that he was going to become a political presence in Israel. Lord, are, at this time, are you going to redeem Israel? That's what they were, they were thinking. That's what they had on their minds. But Mary was, Jesus said, preparing him for burial. Because she took the time to sit at his feet and listen, she understood what was going on, and perhaps before anybody else. I rarely, in fact, I don't think I ever regret the time that I spend with people. When I take the time to have coffee with friends or to have an unrushed lunch with my husband, um, when our family has been on vacation and we have taken a day and had lunch on a dock or um, walked along the seashore and enjoyed a sunset, or the times that one of my kids has come to me and said, hey, let's put a puzzle together. And we sit for an evening and put a puzzle together. Or the times when our family sits and watches a movie together. Those are like sacred moments. Those are those times that become etched in our brains as these great memories because we have spent time together. Our family during the summer almost, uh, well, as often as we can, I shouldn't say almost every night, but fairly often in the summer, we take walks together as a family, whoever's home. Sometimes, you know, the older kids are working or my husband's working a night shift or whatever. But um, we love to walk around our neighborhood. We have lots of hills. And those are just the sweetest times where we talk and find out what's on each other's minds and enjoy the neighborhood. We come across people in our neighborhood who we've been seeing for years and we wave and we find out what's going on in their lives. And it, it, we really look forward to this when it, it, when it comes to be that time of, of year again. I think of um, our neighbors who used to live next door to us. Both of them have gone on um, to heaven now. But they were an elderly couple when we moved in. And uh, as our young children were growing up, if there was ever a time that they wandered away from our yard, we knew just where to find them because our elderly neighbors would be on their deck every night. And um, every night, I should say, you know, spring, summer, and fall. And so it, it was not uncommon at all that we would um, wander over to our neighbor's deck and just enjoy this beautiful time of fellowship with our neighbors who became our dearest and sweetest friends. Both my husband's um, mom and both of my parents have had medical issues 
come about in the last years. And uh, my husband goes with his mom to some of her appointments. He also has a sister who goes with her sometimes. They sort of split it up. And I go to most of my parents' appointments with them. And it has become this really sweet time that um, we spend together. I have heard memories from my parents that I never knew. I have heard them talk about things that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have heard. Um, we have shared experiences. You know, you're in a vulnerable position when you are at the doctor and when you are getting news about your health and, and your um, long-term care and that type of thing. Uh, there's a vulnerability that wasn't there before that um, you have this chance to establish this trust and this very sweet, sweet relationship that I'm so glad that I haven't missed. I went to see my tax preparer and when I came in the door and I checked in at the at the desk, I sat down next to a gentleman that I recognized because he lives in the facility where my client lives. And so I sat down next to him and I started talking to him and I, I figured out pretty quickly that it was his daughter sitting next to him who had brought him in for this appointment. And we started chatting about the facility and different things and different people. And um, it was so apparent that this daughter was just very unrushed with her, with her father, just loving him and um, just honoring him in the way she talked with him and treated him. And like I said, was just so unrushed and unhurried with him. And it was a beautiful, beautiful testimony. I have been working as an elderly companion for years now, since 2013. And so for me, I, I recognize this now. I have seen this, whereas, uh, you know, if you would have asked me 20 years ago, for sure, I would have had no clue about this. And even in the last 15 years, I have learned considerably, but especially since 2013, uh, as I have been really in the presence of those who are at a point where they, they can't necessarily take care of themselves anymore, and they are vulnerable and they are fragile, um, you just see things and you recognize that um, it's so hard for them to feel valuable. And that's part of my job is to care for them or, or share life experiences with them in such a way that they feel as if they have a meaningful life, that they see the meaning in their life um, where they might not otherwise see it. And so, you know, all these things, I just think, you don't regret the time that you just, you know, have a barbecue with friends and invite people over or um, stop and spend time with an elderly woman um, who is lonely and craving time. And I've never regretted those experiences. You know, I never leave thinking, oh, that was a total waste of time. I always leave thinking, I want to do that more often. And I have to slow down long enough, uh, uh, long enough to do this and to savor these moments because that is what brings so much value to re the relationship. And so I think it's really important that we recognize at the end of our life, you know, our accomplishments may or may not mean anything. Um, the joy of those may have... <laughs> 
faded away long ago. Certainly our possessions lose their meaning. I see this all the time as people end up going to a nursing home or having to leave their house and and move into an apartment of some sort. And um, their possessions become what they can fit into one bedroom. It's basically necessities and a couple of pictures. And it's it's a good reminder that at the end of our life, possessions don't mean a whole lot. Relationships. That's what means something. Our relationship to God and the relationship that we have with those around us. That's what matters. That's what brings meaning and joy and abundance to our life on earth. So I hope like you, like me, you are ready to consider how you can slow down and smell the flowers just a little bit and especially to spend time in those relationships instead of just letting them pass by. This has been Little Things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. As always, I want to encourage you to please pray for us at Time of Grace as we seek to share the word of God with those in our communities and around the world. And we ask that if it is um, in your heart to do so, that you would consider sending in a contribution to help us share this message and others like it with many more people.